American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. The early factories in America were in fact very different than the factories of Britain. Though both focused on the production of textiles, they nonetheless had a different economic and moral underpinning. In America, there had been a long tradition of women going out to work, especially young daughters, moving from farm to farm, from family to family, earning a little extra money and getting out of their mother's hair. When the first factories started in the US, especially in Massachusetts, these older patterns of daughters moving from house to house became part of the way in which the first factory workers went to work. These women of the farm went to the factory where they were expected to maintain the same level of virtue as they had when they went to other families' households back in the country. This was crucial. No one expected to work in a factory forever. All these young women expected to go off and get married and enter into a normal sense of what they considered to be family households. These new mills were very different than the ones in Britain. People like Francis Cabot Lowell and other sort of prominent Boston uh, industrialists really focused on maintaining the moral order of the factories as much as the productivity of the factories. This sense of wanting to replicate Britain in terms of productivity but maintain American virtue, especially the virtue of young women who were the foundation of their ideas of Republican motherhood were was crucial to the way in which Americans organized the very first factories. After the success of the factory in Waltham, prominent Boston industrialists wanted to expand their operation, but they didn't want to maintain the same company. This harkened back to older ideas of merchant capitalism wherein every single venture was created anew. And so people got together, and in 1823, they founded a new company, the Merrimack Company, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Now, Lowell was a ramshackle before they got there, and they renamed the city for their friend, Francis Cabot Lowell, who had been so instrumental at the Waltham factory. This company in Lowell, the Merrimack Company, was different than the earlier factory. It focused not only on the production of certain kinds of textiles, but also on the production of the machines that made the textiles, which allowed for a rapid expansion of the industry surrounding Lowell. So it was not just one company, but many companies. And the experience of the workers in Lowell in the 1820s and 30s could not have been more different than the experience of the same textile workers in Britain. As Charles Dickens toured the factories in 1842, he wrote in his book, American Notes, on the evident health and moral fiber of the young women who worked there, comparing it favorably with, quote, those great haunts of desperate misery in his own country. After all, a thousand women had saved nearly $100,000 in the local bank. Young women, after work, performed on the piano forte. They studied at the local libraries. They had wonderful organizations, and of course, they attended church every single Sunday. The local working women even had their own magazine with stories of moral uplift and virtue, the Lowell Offering. In every way that was observable, 
these women were part of the factory system for a little while and then returned to their own lives back in the country, having saved a little money either for a dowry or for a brother who needed to buy land. Of course, it's hard to get into trouble when you're working 12 hours a day on a power loom, making sure that all the, all the different threads come in and fabric comes out. The work was incredibly monotonous. The work was incredibly isolating. It was loud, it was noisy. In the summer, it was hot. In the winter, it was cold. This was nothing like the normal kind of work that people had done on farms in households, where you would, yes, go and weave cloth together, but you would also gossip you would take care of children. You would engage in idleness whenever possible. This new factory work demanded not just a new kind of productivity from workers, but also a routinization of what they did, making it more constant and repetitive and monotonous and boring. That's, after all, what people got paid for. That's how you could draw people in. But no one wanted to spend a life there. The very success of the Merrimack Company was also the undoing of this moral order. As more and more workers crowded into Lowell, as more and more factories opened, there was a competition for these markets. What had first been an opportunity for everybody now became very competitive. Prices began to fall in the American textile markets. And in response, the owners of these companies were less willing to pay good wages, provide extra services, especially high-quality boarding houses. There had always been a losing proposition. By 1842, dividends for these corporations remained high, but wages had been falling, especially after the panics of the late 1830s. In 1842, the same year that Dickens' book came out, there was an attempted cartelization, that is, an informal agreement between all the textile manufacturers to prevent further collapses in prices. By the mid to late 1840s, it was clear that this moral order of uh, a virtuous citizenry as part of this new industrial order would not be possible. That there was an incompatibility between having cheap labor on the one hand and uplifted virtuous labor that would eventually be returned um, to the countryside. The demonic mills that Dickens had so warned about had finally come to the States. And it's in Lowell that we see this apparent for the first time. All the early ordered streets quickly became shanty towns as thousands of people crowded in for the prospect of work and wages. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, a History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Thank mm-hmm. you.